day to you people. How are we? What is going on? It is the August Radio Project podcast, episode 11. Here we are, back from an incredible time in the city of Brighton. Wow, man, I have had such a good week. Um, Apologies, because this um, podcast is up a day late. Um, I was still away yesterday. I was away Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And I was busy all day Sunday. So I didn't really have a chance to record a podcast this week. Hence why I'm doing it today. And usually these podcasts will be up on a Wednesday. I mean, you're free to listen to them any day of the week you choose. Um, But yeah, today's is up on a Thursday, which is the day I'm recording this. So if you're listening to this on the Thursday, Thursday the 3rd of September, you're listening to it on the very day I recorded it. And um, yeah, it's been such a good week. And as you probably know, if you're a regular listener here, I like to talk about my life and things going on. I like to go through the songs I've written, songs I write, take you through some creative process to hopefully inspire you to uh, endeavour into your own creative realm. So I hope you are creating. Let me know if you are. Send me anything creative that you've been doing. Head to my Instagram and, you know, message me, man. It's all about collaboration and doing things together. Not something that we do enough of, I don't think. Especially creatively. Especially without motive. Too many creatives will collaborate, but there'll be an underlying motive to, like, you know, instead of it, the motive be to create something incredible together, it's usually you know, some sort of personal gain between, you know, an artist collaborating with a bigger artist to hopefully accelerate their career, which there's nothing wrong with. Don't get me wrong, but that shouldn't be the purpose. This is the first time I'm picking up a guitar in a couple of days, so it feels good. feels real good to just strum away. So yeah, we went to Brighton. Sunday was Laura V's birthday. And I released a song. I released her song titled Laura. So go and check that out if you haven't already. It's up on Spotify. It's up on Apple Music. It's on Tidal. It's on TikTok. Who thought you'd be releasing songs on TikTok these days, man? That's crazy. Funny, I've been using the same distribution service for a little while. I mean, like a good eight years now. All the ghoul stuff was the same distribution. And when I talk about distribution, I mean the people that help you put your music up on Spotify and all those outlets. And it's funny going on there and seeing TikTok as an option. It's a, you know, highly politically... um, a high, high political conversation, TikTok, if you want to get there, with what, all these countries that want to ban it, and all these things that it supposedly does, and it's supposedly tracking, and the poor guy that runs it wants, doesn't want anything to do with that, kind of, that's a whole nother story for a whole nother time, I should think, though, that's not why you're here, you're here to hear about me, and creativity, and listen to some music. Yeah, Brighton. Brighton is probably my favourite place in the UK, but maybe one of my favourite places in the whole world. I love it there. The energy you get from that ocean, that seafront, the people, the the vibe, just the overall forward thinking. Um, you know, up with the trends but not playing to them. Like, obviously, it has its touristy bits, it has its clubby bits, it has its shopping centres and 
things, but the, on the most part, I just find Brighton to be this place where, for whatever reason, it just gives me this overwhelming sense of belonging. It gives me this overwhelming sense of like joy. And the sea is always nice. It looks good. It doesn't get too wavy. It doesn't get too violent looking. Yeah, it's a pebbly beach, but it's a friendly pebbly beach. It's not, you know, no sand in your shoes. Something kind of nice about it. And it's somewhere I've spent a lot of time. It has a very good music scene. It has numerous venues that I'm happy to see are still going. It's, you know, it's just a good place with a good vibe. And me and Laura both said that we really feel like we belong there. Um, I don't remember when it was I first went to Brighton. It was definitely for a gig. Um, We had a couple of friends back when I was in Ghouls um, who lived down there, who were also in bands that used to help us get shows down there. And I've played venues like the Green Door Store, the Hope and Ruin, the, the Prince Albert, the something like that. Um, played a bunch of places down there. Sticky Mike's Frog Bar. Um, played with a band called OPM, who um, sing the song Heaven is a Halfpipe, which is a bit of a 90s classic. We played with them in Brighton. We actually played with them in Hastings the night before. And they sing the song Heaven is a Halfpipe, like I just said, which is a big skateboarding anthem. And on that tour, we brought a skateboard with us. And Sam, I remember he had um, my guitar in, in the case in his hand and something else in his other hand. And he decided that he was going to skateboard. Um, for some reason, he was going to transport himself on the skateboard and OPM were all watching and he fell off and he dropped my guitar and he was really embarrassed about the fact that he'd fallen off a skateboard in front of the band that have written the biggest skateboarding anthem of our time (laughs) oh dear but yeah Brighton evokes all those kind of memories in me and they're only good ones I don't have any bad ones Um, it's a place I've been to shows as well like I actually travelled out my way to go to shows there to see local Brighton bands just because you know I love the place I just love it it has everything and something about being near the sea there's an energy to the sea that I think all human beings get attracted to and whether it's because we're made of water and it's a big body of water or whether it's just, it holds this, like, electricity, you know, that we're compelled to, but there's something so nice about just sitting on the on the beach and just taking it in, and I always feel like places with a beach, there's always something to do, in the sense that even if you have nothing to do that day, and, not, and there's, you know, your social life is dead, you don't have any agenda you can literally just go down to the beachfront sit there and look at you know listen to the waves get a book get a coffee and just sit there you've always got something to do and yeah there's an argument that you could do that in a park but it's just not the same it's not the same because you haven't got that big body of water you haven't got the joy that it brings to most people and you know we were there on the bank holiday we got there and it was relatively busy it wasn't too bad and then we were obviously there Tuesday and Wednesday which meant it was nice and quiet and we stayed in a place in Hove actually which I think in terms of tourists is much better there's way less tourists it's way less busy but there's still all the trendy coffee shops and the organic supermarkets and you know, just a good vibe. And I love the city element of the fact that everybody's agenda is different. You don't just get like the nine to five workers. You don't get this mad rush in the morning and then suddenly busy in the evening. Like 
you get people who are going for their coffee and cake brunch at like 6pm because they work nights and you see it all whereas like where I currently live it's very villagey, it's very town and you know everybody that kind of lives in this area has similar kind of setups and there's only one you know nice coffee independent coffee shop and that's even in the town along from where I live and it's just a different kind of vibe here and there's a, a big lake nearby but nothing like the ocean but I just think the ocean of Brighton actually is really special too because it because of where it is in the country it doesn't get crazy crazy weather you know all the west coast of the UK gets some pretty gnarly weather and gets the storms from the Atlantic and it's on the south coast so it's not too cold and it's just always consistent every time I've been to Brighton it's been the same you know like I've never known it to be bad and I've been there in all weathers and I've been there in all seasons so I think it is somewhere I think if I've got to live in the UK for when me and Laura decide we're gonna really you know or you know me I think me and Laura are going to move there, is what I'm trying to say, because it's just magic, it's a magic place. So, we went down there last year, me and Laura, to do a swim called the uh, Pier to Pier Classic or something, happens every year in July, except it didn't happen this year because we old Corona, and um, it's a crazy swim you literally swim down the sort of left hand side of the main pier of like of the new pier you go round the pier so you're that far out that you pass the pier and then you swim all the way along past the old pier and a bit further and then into shore and we did it last year and it was blistering hot it was the perfect day for it the ocean was still there was absolutely no swell and it's the furthest I've ever swam out of shore in the sea ever. It was, you know, it was a, you know, the, 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 if you've ever been to Brighton, the pier goes out quite far, and you obviously had to swim further out than that. So it was, it was magic, and we both kind of fell in love with the place even more for me and and for Laura um, that day. So when it came to her birthday this year. Although we're both in situations where, you know, we haven't really got, you know, if you're a keen listener to this podcast, you'll know that I currently have quit my kind of day job and I'm letting the universe and flow in with the universe's energy to see what happens next. And I can guarantee it's something to do with art and music and not working for the man, in quotes. Um, But it means that at the moment, like, you know, finances have to be watched. It's not that we're in any sort of financial difficulty. We're fine. But, you know, we just have to watch ourselves. So this year for Laura's birthday, we couldn't do, like, crazy presents. But I wanted to get her something and surprise her um, by taking her somewhere. And Brian seemed like the obvious choice. And, you know, taking her somewhere is a good good present because I get to go too, so it's kind of a present for me. But also because of coronavirus and everything that's been going on in the world, it's meant that two people, such as Laura and myself, who love travel, who love going places, who love doing things that aren't just sitting around, um, we haven't really been able to have that fix this year. You know, we've... Since we've been together, we've travelled all over Europe, well, all over Germany. Um, We've been to Belgium numerous times, we've been to France, we've been to Estonia, Latvia. But even within the UK, you know, we'd always go off the odd weekend and travel and see different places. And this year it's just not really happened Um, this summer should I say because this year it's definitely about to happen because what we've got planned next means that we've got lots of traveling going on but um, that's a different story that I'll tell in the future as it happens Um, but yeah I just thought it would be nice to take somewhere and I didn't actually tell her uh, where we were going 
until the night before. So made the big reveal on Sunday. And then Monday morning, we packed our stuff and headed to the coast, headed to the beach, which is an August Radio Project classic now. To the beach, to Brighton. And um, yeah, we got there and we just, as soon as we were out of the car, it was straight to the sea. Straight to the tree to the beach and just took it in and we had a barbecue on the beach in the evening, a legal one. Went made sure we were at the beaches where you allowed them, and um, cooked a nice veggie burger. Didn't let the didn't left the didn't leave the coals to get hot enough, so it was a a little bit not as cooked as it could be. But that's one of the things that advantages of being veggie means you don't have to really worry about things being cooked and um yeah then tuesday just spent the day exploring and went into a few shops went into a few vintage stores the lanes in brighton are just this charismatic incredible kind of market vibe but they're not like the kind of seedy ones that are in camden they're like you know they're nice they're friendly and I just love it I, I absolutely love it and we did we did, so, we did a lot of photography with Laura's new camera and as I said on my Instagram story earlier like you should head to her Instagram because she's really honing in on her photography and she's got a new camera and it's all so sick and yeah something big's happening there I can tell so yeah, we just spent the, the time doing that. And not once did I go on my phone, didn't go on social media, got the got rid of the brain fog and cleared my mind. And then yesterday we, you know, headed to the beach for yoga and did yoga outside both Tuesday and Wednesday for our practice. And something about practicing outside with the fresh air and the sunshine on your face that's something magic about it like I love practicing yoga but there's something about doing it outside that's real real special let's do that guitar man I need to restring this thing Yeah, as I was practicing yoga yesterday, actually on the beachfront, I actually took my kettlebell with me, which is funny, to do a nice workout. So I did a workout on the beach and then did a kettle, and then did yoga, and then made sure I got straight in the sea straight afterwards, both mornings. If I live there, slash when I live there, it's definitely gonna be jumping the sea every single morning. Come rain or shine, cold or warm, I'm going to do that. That will be my Wim Hof cold shower. I'll just get in the sea instead. Um, what was I saying though? Yeah, yoga. I did my practice yesterday and at the end of my practice I always like to do a bit of meditation as you do. And I was just thinking about love and I was just thinking about being grateful for what I've got and who I am and being in a physical body and just all these things. And as I thought it, this dog ran up and he was the most joyous looking dog and you could see the love in his eyes and it was just like really well coordinated and it just made me really happy and it just breathed in the air and was like, oh, I feel clear of mind. None of this brain fog that you get from just the day-to-day existence of, you know, scrolling social medias and staring at your phone and overthinking plans and all the rest of it and you know all the outside influence of other people telling you this that and you need to worry about this and have you got this yet and you need this as soon as that all goes it's just so easy to think and so easy to be and it was needed and it is needed more and more I think too many of us are just living in that fog and it becomes so normal that we just think that that's what real life is. We think it's this foggy area. So if you're struggling to make a decision at the moment, you're struggling to have clear thoughts, or you're, you know, you're sort of finding life a bit too much, I recommend just switching off, 
going somewhere. See it as an investment in yourself if you have to spend a bit of money because Laura said a really good quote the other day that she'd written and uh, read and it was said about how spend £40,000 on a car and everyone congratulates you and you spend £40,000 on, you know, inner work on yourself and, and everyone would ask you what you what on earth you were doing but what really is more valuable yeah do you really need a 40,000 pound car or why don't you just get a humble car that gets you from A to B and spend the rest of that money on yourself on your experience on your physical life experience that doesn't last forever we know that for sure what are those savings really saving for um, you know, there you go. I've always got to go on a tangent about it. But yeah, being in Brighton made me think about being appreciative of life and having gratitude for the things that we do have instead of worrying about the things we don't. And it made me think that I nef- definitely need to write a song about Brighton. That is on the agenda for this coming week. So I think next week's podcast might even be that song and I'll take you through how I've done it. That's my thought thought process at the moment. Um, but yeah, all the memories and kind of reminiscing and nostalgia that Brighton brings up, as well as all this kind of uh, just good feeling... It reminded me of a song that um, is a ghoul song that I wrote. And it's an early ghoul song. It's on our first album, 10,000 Words On. So it's the song, one of the songs, if not the song, I'm going to go through for this week's podcast. Because it's a gentle reminder that, you know, not being alright is actually alright. And... Some people need to remember that. But also, there's growth that happens in that part of life when you're not alright. And sometimes that growth is really important. And you need to go through it in order to come out the other side a better person. Or a more appreciative person. Or just an all-rounded, more-together person. when I wrote the song I wasn't even really thinking about that uh, message I was just thinking about the fact that you know we all have our ups and downs and life isn't simple life is messy Um, a simple you know a life that seems straightforward isn't it doesn't exist and and if, if people try and make it so their lives are straightforward. They end up crashing hard or they're living a lie to themselves and they're not being real. They're living something else that isn't truly them. Life is messy. Messy things happen. But there's beauty in mess. There's real beauty in mess. Messy art is beautiful. Messy places can be beautiful. And messy stories make the best ones. Not straight, boring, you know, straight roads. A straight road is boring to go down. Nice, windy, bendy, up and downy, different terrain. That is what you want. And sometimes you won't feel alright. Sometimes those places are hard. It's a hard graft to climb that that windy, bendy hill, but you get to the top and you see the view and you think, woo, this is good stuff. So yeah, this song, the song is called A Note of, Note of Advice. And I'll tell you some stories behind it. I'll tell you some stories of its creation and how they're relevant. And I could tell you some stories that even relate to Brighton and this song, which is why I chose it. So the song was on 10,000 Words On, which is Ghouls' first album, which, if you didn't know, we actually recorded um, 
through funding that we did ourselves. We did a what was called Pledge Music campaign, which is a bit like Kickstarter. Um, I believe a, a lot of those sites now have gone under and they don't exist anymore, which is crazy. Uh, I know that Pledge Music has, but it was essentially where fans or people could pay the band for the album prior to it actually being recorded. So you come up with the concept and the idea, you put it out there, people pay for it, you use those proceeds to record it, and you give it to them. And we decided to do that for our first album because we were a DIY project who people, like, as people didn't like to wait for things in the sense that we didn't want some, you know, music industry person telling us it was the right time to do it. We just wanted to do it because what are you waiting for? What What happens if, we, you know... The world explodes tomorrow and you're waiting on that record label to say, it's time to go. So we did a hilarious pledge campaign where there was all different types of things you could pledge for. And um, you could, you know, some something as simple as you get an album and a t-shirt for £20. There was things like, we'll come and wash your car, we'll cut someone's hair, we'll... Um, there was all sorts of weird stuff, man. It was... It was a funny time, and it kicked off, man. And we ended up raising a lot of money, um, which is crazy because I've read about unsigned bands raising a lot less, and they've been in the main stage press about it. And we we ended up raising about six thousand pounds, which is crazy. Um, I remember reading an article in the Guardian about a band that had done fifteen hundred, and I was like, what? They clearly had a good publicist, so maybe we should have spent more of that money on publicising. But then that meant um, once it was funded, we had to do these crazy things to fund it, and a lot of that meant touring around, going to places like Brighton, and playing some pretty DIY style shows, and um, meeting different people from different walks of life who some I still know, some have drifted very far away. And um, all the while, we were still kind of writing these songs. Um, so this song actually was, it was written during that period of time that we were kind of pledging and trying to raise funds. But I also, at the time, had a uni assignment, which was a songwriting assignment, where you had to write five songs that were all um, within a theme. And the theme I decided to go for were letters, um, which is why the first track on um, 10,000 Words On by Ghouls is called Letters, because that was the introduction track to those five songs for the uni assignment, because uh, we decided to use it because it was cool. And it was just a quick 40-second introduction um, and that's why it says, I'll put it in a letter addressed to you. Um, because I feel like well, my justification for the project at the time was that songs are a bit like letters when you write them uh, to people. Instead of writing a letter, you can kind of write a song to kind of highlight to someone a message or some, like a, convey a, the way you feel about them, you know, like a love song is a bit like a love letter to someone. Um, and I thought it'd be a really cool project. And I actually, like, on the CD, I put the CD in an envelope and, like, did an, ad a an address as the kind of artwork and presented it like an actual letter. And I wrote these five songs and they were all sort of letter-themed. But whilst doing the project, I was also thinking, well, I need to be writing these songs for the album. And I can't just have a bunch of songs on the album that, you know, start off with, like, you know, that are too, it's, can't, they can't be too obviously just letters, you know, they can say dear someone in the, it, within the lyrics, they can kind of sign off, they can mention that this is a letter in the lyrics, um, but I didn't want them to sound too clinical like a letter, because that would be lame, um, and wouldn't probably sit well on the, on the album, um, they'd probably be fine for the actual uh, uni project, but they wouldn't be good for the album. And me being me, 
decided that I was going to, you know, I didn't want to write five additional songs as well as this album. I wanted to write five songs that could also go on the album. And I think two or three of them actually ended up on there. This being one of them. Um, so, that's why the lyrics to this song have, you know, like, Dear Someone, and at the end it says, A letter from me to you to help you out and see you through. Because that's, it, it was written as a letter. Um, so, yeah. This song came about when we were doing our, as part of the promotion for this pledge campaign and our album. Um, at the end of my degree, I decided I had the whole month of August pretty much off. Um, well, I decided to book it off. And we all actually, funnily enough, had the month of August off that year. It was seven years ago, 2013. And we decided that we'd do something crazy and do a 30-day tour, um, starting on the 1st of August and ending on the 31st. And we wanted to do it as like a big kind of, you know, play as many shows as possible across the 31 days. And I think we did 28 in the end or 29. I think we had three days off. And we literally left our, you know, left our place on the 1st of August and then didn't return till the end. And we wanted to do it on a budget because we were all students and no one had a lot of money and we didn't own a van. We had two cars and we called it the Can We Crash At Yours Tour because every night we stayed on someone's floor and some of the nights we didn't even organise accommodation. We didn't even know whose floor we'd be crashing on. We were kind of prepared to do it using the cars. We had some tents with us and we um, toured the UK and a bit. there was a little bit of France in there because we played a French festival and um, we completely DIY'd the whole thing like as in we booked everything ourselves we booked all the shows ourselves and if you're common to the events industry you'll know that booking um, an unsigned band that no one's ever heard of in a, a random town or city in the UK on like a Monday Tuesday or Wednesday can be a, a bit iffy and not many people want to do it so we did find some of those, um, you know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday shows quite hard to get, but we somehow managed to get them. But it did mean that we did also play some pretty ropey spots. And also it meant that because we were just kind of finding as many shows as possible, because the point in this tour was to like highlight, you know, we're this band and we can do anything. You know, we're going to get a music, we're going to get an album together by pledge and we're going to do a 30 day tour where we play as many shows as possible it meant the logistics of the tour were everywhere so there was no real real pattern to the dates there was somewhat but you know there was a lot of driving back and forth and around the country and not really having any kind of proper plan and it was a crazy tour in the sense that you know we we actually lived on the road and out of my Vauxhall's Astra estate at the time and um, like I said we met lots of different people and I think this song we played in Canterbury so we used to play in Canterbury quite a lot and I think the reason Brighton made me think of it is because we'd quite often play Brighton and Canterbury back to back because they weren't too far from each other and we might have even done that on this tour we might have played Brighton the night before or the night after but we played in Canterbury and I think it was like day four or five of that tour and um, we met some friends in Canterbury we used to play in Canterbury a lot because we knew the guys that ran um, a venue called the Penny Theatre, which is sort of like a gastro pub type thing now. But they used to put gigs on there, and it was a bit makeshift. Like the stage is a bit of, I think the stage is usually used as like a where they put the pool tables, but they can turn it into a venue, and it, it's not too bad to be honest. It got better and better as we were playing at it um, a lot. But yeah, I remember we stayed in Canterbury and whilst we were there, we stayed with some friends and 
we, you know, at the time we were young and um, doing the, uh, the the band thing, and we'd had a few drinks, and we went back to their house, and the conversation got quite deep, and I remember the, just one particular person in the in the conversation even I didn't really know her that well like I just remember her opening up quite a lot and it came quite clear to me that she clearly was going through a lot and like I said I didn't even really know her like and I remember her just sort of opening up and saying all these things and I was like oh my god like does she know that it that's it's okay to not be all right like because the way that I think sometimes when people aren't all right, they try and sort of make a call for help, but they don't just say, guys, I don't feel good. I'm not having a good time. Instead, they kind of like try to like put it in the conversation without trying to sound like they aren't good. They, you know, it's sort of like a, it's, I guess it's with the whole mental health awareness thing. It's, it's probably made things a lot easier to open up, but even back seven years ago it was it was definitely less spoken about and I remember just thinking someone needs to say like it's okay to not be okay like you don't have to make a joke of it you don't have to make light of it yeah like you're in a big um, room full of strangers that you don't really know and we're just a band and we you know we can't help you out but I just remember thinking like it why is it like why is it so weird to just open up in front of a bunch of people and say like yeah my life isn't isn't that good and I'm having a pretty shocking time and I don't feel good about it like that should just be okay it should be like okay oh man like you know let us know we're listening we're here to help if you need you know that should just be the norm and I feel like it is more and more now but like back in that time and that's when I got the idea of this song and I remember after the tour, I went back to my uni studio, the little rehearsal rooms in uni, which I went to Westminster Uni in Harrow. They went to the on the Harrow campus, and if you, if you happen to be a Westminster Uni student or you're looking to go to a Westminster Uni, and they have like rehearsal rooms upstairs and downstairs, and I remember that we didn't often get to use the downstairs rehearsal rooms, but this particular time we did. And I was sat in there trying to write these letter songs. And I decided I was going to write this stranger who we'd stayed with in Canterbury a letter. Um, and this is the song that kind of came out. Um, so it's called A Note of Advice because it's just sort of like, I don't know this person very well. So I can't really give you a full-blown, you know help but I can give you some advice and my advice is just to know that it's it's all right not to be all right and you can just you can open up about your problems you don't have to be a closed book so this I guess the riff's kind of funky and I can't for the life of me remember how I came up with that groove listen to a lot of Gogo Bordello at the time so it's kind of a bit of Gogo Bordello but I used to listen to a lot of the story so far who were like a pop punk band <laughs> at the time which is there's a reference to um, their not lyric but their kind of melody um, of one of their songs in this and I'll go through it in a minute but the sort of opening verse is this idea of a letter so it's sort of like you know, it's written as a note, not just a letter. It's kind of like it's just a brief summary, brief letter, like how you would write to, you know, just like a mate or someone you kind of know. But, you know, it's informal, informal language here. So, what's the problem, mate? You've got words to say. You leave them in your head, lock them away. Dear Helena, you're clearly not okay. Oh. Good job I'm going through it. Dear Helena, you're clearly not okay. You leave your window wide and keep it on display. 
So, dear Helena, I'm clearly you're clearly not okay. It's really funny because somebody said, "Is that a My Chemical Romance reference?" Which are, are, are quite a famous band who have a song called Helena and um, I'm not okay. And that was a clear coincidence, but I really like the idea that I actually intended to do it. So if anyone ever asked, I'm always like, yeah, my chemical romance reference. But it wasn't actually, that was just the addressing of the letter. Um, so yeah, fairly obvious first verse. Um, these lyrics are pretty good too. Like they're, they're one of those, it's one of those songs when I look at the lyrics and I listen to them, I'm like, did I really write that? How? Where did that come from? Um, so then the chorus is funny. Sometimes I'm a jolly, hopeless individual. Sometimes I lack in some of my instinctual senses. I can tell by the way you laugh that there's something that holds your heart. Sometimes it's alright not to be alright. Um, sometimes I'm a truly hopeless individual is a lyric that was literally... Like when you write lyrics, I've probably said this before, but like you either come up with them in your head or you read them or somebody says something or and you literally write it down and you might edit it to like so it means something to you or some lyrics just come because they are a good rhyme with the last word but sometimes I'm a truly hopeless individual is something that um Maz actually just said who's another member of the band um he said oh sometimes I'm a truly hopeless individual and I think he said it just in a rehearsal and I was like well there's a lyric that sounds good so that's where that comes from. Sometimes I'm a truly hopeless individual. Sometimes I lack in some of my instinctual senses. And that's funny because I said I was listening to a lot of the story so far at the time. And they have a song called Quicksand. And that melody isn't far off um, one of theirs. It might not even be the song Quicksand, but. Sometimes I lack in some of my instinctual I don't know if anyone would ever pick that up and that's a classic still like an artist move put still like an artist is a book by Austin Cleon right and it is awesome for creative um, ideas and it essentially says that every original idea is just an idea that was stolen and made its own because as soon as you steal somebody's idea and do it in your own way it becomes completely unique and original. There is no such, you know, you can see that it, it might, you might be able to see that it was influenced by that or references that, but there's no real obvious. And I'm sure a song like this that sounds like some sort of, I don't know, it doesn't sound anything like a pop punk song, let's, let's be honest. Um, I'm sure no one would, in, in, in their right mind would guess that it references that. And that's why it's called a still like an artist move. Um, so, second verse. What's your problem, girl? Is it you against the world? Write your issues down to leave them on the bookshelf. I can see straight through you. It's not that hard to do. Oh my god, I need to get this right. I can see straight through you. It's not that hard to do. You clean the now and all the problems you've been through. I mean, pretty, um obvious lyrics again I guess and just comes back to this idea that like I could see you know in that little moment on that night just and it was just like I said a very casual post gig couple of drinks a big group of people and we were just you know I don't drink anymore by the way but I know that if you have a bit of alcohol you do tend to open up which is a bit sad, really, because we should just be able to be open anyway. There should be a vibe. Sometimes there is a vibe that just means you do feel like opening up. But um, we were just having like a, quite an open conversation, and just the way this person was just meant that they didn't seem all right. And I guess that's what, how I felt at the time. Like, you know, are you someone that writes your issues down and just sticks them on the bookshelf and doesn't ever let them out? Because it's not healthy. Those things manifest in your head and you wear them. You wear them physically. You often see people who are full of stress and full of anxiety and full of, you know, even hate and and morbid thoughts. They wear them. They, their shoulders are slunched over. They look lethargic and big. And I think there's something much more about the physical body 
that relates to the mental, um, you know, your mental, men, mental well-being, your spirituality, then you realise, I think, you do actually wear your stress. It's visible when someone isn't okay. Like, happy, healthy people look healthy. Even if they're not in, like, athletic shape, they just look healthy. They Their skin glows. They, they, you know, they're vibrant. They're... They, their posture's good, whereas people who are unhappy tend to have like this sort of hunched over, bagged down look, and you know they're worn, and I think it's there's something there's something there. It's not it's not you know, it's not so woo woo to think that. Um, but anyway, another chorus with the famous line that was just said. But this song has an incredible uh, what you call a middle eight, which is like the bit that isn't the verse that sort of three quarters of the way through a song and I always like to think that I, I can write quite a good middle eight because they're for me they're like the most interesting part of the song like I've always liked to write good middle eight um, so the middle eight to this song is the part that goes you leave your window wide open and all the gardens and all it is broken and that was just um, I remember at the time where we were the window was open and I remember thinking like you leave your window wide open and all the glass it is broke and it's sort of like a reference to your your see through you can see that you're not okay and you're in denial about it and you leave your window open, but even if you weren't to leave it open, the glass is broken anyway. So it doesn't matter whether you put it open or not. It, it you're you're see through, like, and the glass isn't even there, so you can't even like try and cover it up. That's what that means. As you lay in your bed, you come to terms with your head, or you feel it's so misled. I guess that's a reference to like most people, you know, that's where they have most of their thoughts is sort of lying in bed. Unless you're me who gets so physically exhausted that the minute you lie down in bed, you fall asleep. But even when you fall asleep, you have a lot of thoughts in your dreams. So that's kind of a reference to that. And I think you'll be okay when you admit that you're not. It's alright to be upset just comes back to that mental well-being of like it's all right not to be all right and sometimes all you need to do is acknowledge that you just need to acknowledge that you're not and then you start to feel okay because you've accepted you've accepted it and the part the first part that any recovery is is being able to self-admit and even if you're a long way off like getting rid of those horrible feelings like if you can admit that they're there and you can admit to yourself more than anyone you're you're not doing that well that's just start to recovery man so that's why it's important to be able to talk about these things and then we have another chorus and then we have the reference to the letter in this chorus this last chorus is letter from me to you to help you out and see through sometimes so right not to be alright and there's the letter reference which got it into the uni project, which I did actually get a first for, by the way. Um, it did very well. Um, the funniest thing is, is they didn't, they, the songs that they liked on it, they, I wrote like one really soulful song that maybe I'll go through on a different um, podcast that was a sort of about a love story. And it was really depthy, really soulful. And I thought it was a really good song and it was the one they didn't like. And they liked all these other ones that had, kind of been a bit more rushed and written for the band sort of and it was like oh you guys um classic uni lecturers really just sort of you know doing doing things and then oh I just I'm not even classic uni lecturers it was just classic sort of teaching vibes you know you do well just life vibes you do something that you think is going to work really well and it's the thing that doesn't and the things that you don't really think are going to go too well suddenly suddenly kick off just the way the universe rocks this song also i'm just going to quickly mention has a really cool chord in it in the chorus it has this um 
that one is an augmented chord. And I've said this before because <laughs> I've done this uh, a lot of times, but when I was at uni and studying music, um, I had a lecture and we learned diminished chords which sound like this. They're kind of like dissonant, which means like the notes don't really fit together and they're kind of like awkward sounding and augmented the same. And he said, the lecturer said, you'll never get these in a pop song. And like I've said and done a million times, I then made a point of putting them in as many pop songs as possible. And this is one with that augmented chord in there because I'm fitting them in. All right, I'm going to play this song. This song's called A Note of Advice. It is a ghoul song that I wrote. It's on our... Um, it was... It, it was I don't know how you say it when a band's over, but it was on the 10,001. No, it's still on the 10,000 words on album, but yeah, I don't know how you say that. It's on the 10,000 words on album if you want to actually go and listen to the full track, but I'm going to play it here now. Written as a letter. What's the problem, mate? You've got words to say. Leave them in your head, lock them away Dear Helena, you're clearly not okay Leave your window wide and keep it on display Sometimes I'm a truly hopeless individual Sometimes I lack in some of my instinctual senses I can tell by the way you love that there's something that haunts your part Sometimes it's alright not to be alright Issues down to leave them on the bookshelf I can see straight through you It's not that hard to do You can lean the now with all the problems you've been through Sometimes I'm a truly hopeless individual Sometimes I lack in some of my instinctual senses I can tell by the way you love that there's something that haunts your past Sometimes I run into me finish a song I always just feel like making some kind of cheer it's, it's been so weird over lockdown playing live streams and they're a halfway house between a show and not like a jam session and just having absolutely no reaction when you finish a song because even if you play a song badly or you hear a busker in the street sing it like play a song there's there's some kind of there's you feel compelled to clap or just you know woo something like that like when it doesn't happen i feel like i automatically just want to do it myself but yeah there's the song so this guitar sounded nice maybe it's just cuz i haven't played it um for a few days Crazy man, what a crazy time. But yeah, 
I remember recording that song in the studio particularly as well because I'm going to end this podcast ending the story of the 10,000 words on Saga and the 30 day tour Saga, the Can We Crash at Yours tour because um, that was just a crazy time it was something like I've never experienced before and it's something like I'll probably never experience again because there was a lot of stress that went into it and it sounds like sort of a punk rock holiday but it really wasn't it really wasn't it was a, a really crazy time and like quite a hard tour to do and especially as we were sort of all coming out of being I just you know just finished my degree I didn't have a whole lot of money and um, you know, the options to do things like, oh, let's just get an Airbnb. I don't think Airbnb even existed at that point in time. So it really was just sort of a, a, a case of just saying, can we stay on your floor? Can we stay on your sofa? Can we sleep in a sleeping bag? And at the time, we also, like, didn't really know each other as a band. Like, we hadn't really got to know each other's habits and probably didn't even really know ourselves very well. And, um, you know, we're still kind of really discovering what makes us tick and... Remember, like, I didn't exercise for that, like, almost the entire month, not properly anyway, and that for me is crazy, and exercise for me is, like, my biggest mental release, especially now, like, these days, you know, I'm proper into yoga and proper into meditating, as well as all the vigorous, crazy workouts I have to do in order to keep my mind on the, on the, uh, on the pinnacle point that I like to keep it at. Um, but I remember that just really wearing me down at the time because I, I didn't exercise much because I didn't really know that you could. didn't know that you could go on tour and take your running shoes or, you know, a jump rope. And I didn't know about yoga at the time. It would have changed the game if I had. But, um, and yeah, because Airbnb didn't exist. And I guess if, if, we'd been, if we'd been savvy, we'd have seen that there was a need for it. And uh, we could have invented it, but that's a different different narrative for a different time but um yeah it just meant it was hard and by the end of it we were all knackered and really really struggling and you know the relationships had broken down between us and we just needed a break from us from each other and I remember sort of being relieved when it was over that we'd finally got there and that was over in August actually which is funny because uh this year um it's now September and for the last three years, I've worked in education. And it's meant that September's come with this sort of dread of, you know, returning. And this year, for the first time in three years, I don't have that. And it made me realise how much I love September. I always liked September, you know, through... Even when it, when it meant going back to uni... And but post uni, when I used to work, I didn't used to have a job in um, education. So it meant that September was just another month. But I used to always appreciate it. the weather's good, and it's less busy. There's less people, and people are like kind of because they're all going all back to reality. You know, if you have kids and stuff, back to reality. It's like, but really, it's not. It's it's an epic month. And this year, I'm just so excited to enjoy it. And I already am really enjoying it. And, you know, spending the first two nights of it in Brighton was really special. And this is also the month that me and Laura um, sort of set all our plans into motion for the next chapter of our lives. Um, even though we don't really know what they are, we're sort of making them up as we go. But sometimes that's what's needed. Um it's going to be an exciting month and, you know, by the end of this month, you know, podcast number, so today is podcast number 11, so podcast number 14 or so will be recorded somewhere weird and somewhere different, I should think. And I should think that each podcast this month will get a little bit more interesting because because of that fact, because, you know, who knows what will be this time in about four or five weeks. Um, it's exciting. It's nerve-wracking, but it's exciting, and that's the beauty of the roller coaster of life. And I will probably leave you with that as the sentiment for this week. Um, but yeah, it's all right not to be all right. Remember, just acknowledge it and be open. It's not a bad thing to be open. Being an open book is sometimes the best place to be, 
and it is the first step to feeling good if you're not. But even if you are feeling good, it's good to be open about it and tell people and spread that message and happiness. Sometimes that that's all someone else needs to hear is that you're feeling good and that gives them the freedom for them to feel good. And um, yeah, go go get, get yourself to Brighton if you're having a really bad time. Go down there and jump in the sea and I guarantee you'll feel good. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening. Um, if you're listening to this not too far in the future, there's still some canvases for sale for charity on my Etsy um, as part of my 30 Days 10 Songs project. I've done artwork for each track and five have already sold. I'm trying to sell the other five, so jump on there if you haven't already and it's £5 proceeds to charity, so go get yourself on that. And I will... Um, I'm sure hear from you hear from you next week. I have all the plans for the podcast to come out on Wednesday next week, so expect that. But we never know what's coming around the corner. Um, thank you, peace, and uh, I'll check you later. Bye.